This episode is part three of the Curse of Strahd miniseries, so stay tuned. If you're enjoying these episodes, first I want to thank you for your listenership. Your support means the world to me. And for those of you who are just tuning in to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and after this episode, leave us an honest review. Hopefully it's a five-star review, but leave us an honest review. Your reviews actually help me um, gauge what you all want in the audience, but your reviews, especially when they're a five-star, help the channel grow. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave that review. Hey folks, so welcome back to the uh, mini-series on Curse of Strahd. I'm going to be taking you through the last part of the book, and I'm going to be talking about Castle Ravenloft, and then what I'll do at the at probably ending off the episode, I'm going to talk about my final review of Curse of Strahd. I kind of talked about it a little bit in the first part of the miniseries, and then throughout the miniseries, I've kind of peppered in what I believe, what I think, and have been really trying to keep the spoiler warnings um, to a minimum, but obviously with a game that's, or a module rather, that's a little bit older than than most others, then I would probably, you know, I'm probably going to spoil some things. But either way, you know, I'm excited uh, to get going into this. So without further ado, let's jump right back in. So chapter 10, the Ruins of Berez. Now the Ruins of Berez, it's kind of like the obvious destination for your characters. It's basically where you go in the order of the Wizards of Wines, or that the the Vineyard rather, and it basically is just presenting a tougher challenge than the Druids of Yesterhill, which if you remember in the previous episode, the Yesterhill uh, Druids, it's like an evil Druid circle, so that should be fun, but um, it's got a little bit more extensive um, kind of magical tones to it, so be on the lookout for that. Anyway, there's and actually there's a there's a interesting and animated NPC that I would highly recommend the dungeon master really just puts in a lot of time into to just kind of have fun with it. From there, we go back to chapter nine, which you might think, well, Brian, why are you talking about chapter ten and chapter nine and all this other stuff? Why you're kind of going in 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 a weird order? Well, the thing about Curse of Strahd is that it's a weird order. Just there's no, you know, it's one of those modules that you don't necessarily go from chapter 1 through 10 or whatever it may be and reach your destination. The reason being is because in chapter 4, you can go to Castle Ravenloft. And I, I'm going to talk about it, you know, later in the episode. But there's multiple times where you can encounter Strahd. Depending on the quest you're on, you can encounter Strahd. Uh, multiple times and if the players were to go to you know chapter four they would be that's the raven that's the castle ravenloft uh chapter you would be dead like your players would just you know they're not powerful enough so that i'm laying this out in a way where you as a player you as a dungeon master can kind of explore it from a um travel perspective from more of a story perspective how the story lays itself out but anyway chapter nine uh the talent the uh, solenka pass excuse me 
and it's basically it's a lengthy encounter it's on your way to the amber temple which the amber temple is going to be the more traditional D&D dungeon-esque uh, adventure the Amber Temple, um, as I stated this in the first part of the miniseries, where Curse of Strahd is not like your typical myth and magic or um, forgotten realmsy, you know, hack and slash, get into a dungeon and do a dungeon crawl. It's not like that. Curse of Strahd is completely different, but the Amber Temple resembles a bit of that myth and magic esque you know, ness, so to speak, of Dungeons and Dragons. So the Amber Temple, you're gonna have some NPCs that you're gonna deal with. It's it's really the the base and the home for some ancient evil. So you're going to be presented with an I with, you know, an you know, possible ally, but just like anything in Curse of Strahd, or I would say eighty percent of things in Curse of Strahd, maybe even ninety percent, there's a price. And you don't know what that price is just yet. So something to consider. It's about 15 pages long. It's a pretty good little part. It's a pretty good little adventure. Anyway, Castle Ravenloft, Chapter 4. That is the last part of the of the campaign. If you approach it with the way that I did just now, leaving Castle Ravenloft for last. It is the most difficult part of the camp of the campaign, as it should be. It's, you know, the final showdown, essentially, with Strahd. But it is unlikely to be the location the characters go last. Because, again, in different parts of the adventure module, you go to Castle Ravenloft multiple times. So, you technically have your... You technically have your ability to confront Strahd, but this will be the final confrontation where the players can potentially beat Strahd at his own game, so to speak. And obviously there's various quests that I mentioned that require you to go to Castle Ravenloft, but this is really going to be the final, the final countdown, so to speak. Anyway, setting all that aside, it's a 45-page... Um, part you know chapter it's it covers about a fifth i think a sixth or no a fifth i would say about a fifth of the book um it it it, so it's a huge part of the book and this is going to be a part where strahd will essentially invite the characters to come pay him a visit and if they're powerful enough they'll go through it and the cool thing about this is that Castle Ravenloft itself, it's a huge castle. It's got like 90 rooms, maybe like 80 to 90 rooms. And it's like, it's it's huge. There's like 40 different crypts. Um, and, you know, probably the most detail as it, for a dungeon master, which is fantastic, right? Each crypt is detailed. Each room is detailed and outlined and contained. It's amazing. So... In Castle Ravenloft, that's where you'll fight Strahd and and you'll see what the result is. But in addition to that main presentation of Castle Ravenloft, there there are all these little side things that you can see. I would highly recommend the Game Master, the Dungeon Master, um, note those details. You know, let them see, let, you know, you got to express what the players see so that they can get into the scene a little bit more and get into it. 
a bit uh, a bit more. But anyway, that's Castle Ravenloft without giving you too many spoilers. You'll confront Strahd, and then if you confront Strahd and survive, then you'll be able to return to the quote-unquote material plane. And you'll go from there, and you'll be able to actually see um, a cool, you know, again, within Castle Ravenloft, you'll see a bunch of cool, unique magic items. Um, and that's just, well, throughout Barovia itself. But the cool thing about this book, there's appendices um, that are present with different backgrounds, with the magic items, and monsters and NPCs. So you can take those if you want. If you're the type of person that is going to run this module, and then it's going to lead to your homebrew campaign, take some of those monsters and NPCs in, you know, from the campaign book and put them in your homebrew. That way, there's always a little hint of Barovia going in, you know, in your homebrew. You can you can almost use it as an ode, or uh, um, or you know, paying homage to the um, Curse of Strahd kind of session zero or really really big first part of your you know adventuring party's career together. And you can do a lot of cool things with it. Personally, you know, as my conclusion statement, as my kind of wrapping up of Curse of Strahd, I would honestly say Curse of Strahd's worth it. It's worth the investment. The amount of monsters, NPCs, magic items that you get, it's worth it. The fact that it's an adventure that you can play with your friends, again, worth it. I would personally, if you want to play Curse of Strahd, I would use that, as I've stated before, as your session zero. Play levels one through ten of Curse of Strahd, level up your characters, you know, or the party members, and then um, that is kind of the background to your adventuring party, right? So that when your adventuring party goes into any of the homebrew parts of the world, when the kings and queens have asked your party, well, how did you meet? How did you, how long have you been together for? And blah, blah, blah. You know, you can kind of refer to, well, we um, we worked for this company and we defeated, you know, Strahd. And maybe the royalty knows who Strahd is and they take you a little bit more serious, which makes sense because at level 10, you are going to be encountering um, kings and queens who know your name, right? That That's part of that tier two, tier three um, level of play where kings and queens and royalty should know who you as an adventuring party, um, you know, state or claim to be. So I would do that. I would also use the monsters from Curse of Strahd to, and you pepper in those monsters, you know, sporadically, but maybe not too sporadically in your campaign, just as a little reminder, maybe as a way of Strahd kind of always, you know, you all now have a kind of like an indelible mark where you are touched by these monsters. And it's almost like these monsters are trying, they seek you out specifically because of your involvement with Curse of Strahd. So you can really play that kind of goth horror like, oh, there's there's this kind of curse that these monsters are always following us. They won't say when or where or whenever, but they'll always follow us. Because again, Barovia is a demiplane. So anyway, Curse of Strahd definitely has a significant uh, difference and feel to any standard D&D campaign that I've uh, played for sure. 
and it's right on the money, right? It's right on the freaking money. It is creepy. It, it's got a bunch of locations and characters that just are oozing of that kind of horror, that traditional goth horror. Um, yes, some groups are going to like this and some groups are going to hate this. The reason being is that it's that sandbox railroad type nature to it. And that's just, but that's just what Barovia is. Uh, Barovia, it is open-ended in certain things though, I will say. I, I know I've read that some people say that it's connected to Out of the Abyss. It's like interconnected, but I'm not, and I mean, I'm not going to doubt it, but again, I don't know necessarily because out of the Abyss is one of those games that, or one of those modules that I have not played in a long time. So more research and more more to say on that. But anyway, pros and cons, you know, some people may not like to be railroaded. But then you might reconsider, well, the railroad is worth it because of the story. And then the open-endedness of you know, Barovia at the end of the campaign module. So again, there's a lot of cool things you can do from there. It is a big, um, it's a big part of the campaign. It's a big part of the game itself. There's a lot of freedom necessarily, um, in the end, the curtail of the, um, of the campaign where you don't know if, you know, you defeat Strahd, but you don't know what happens after that. You don't know if there's going to be something happening out of that. So there's a lot of freedom for the game master to kind of revisit uh, those themes and those uh, locations even. So I personally, um, I would recommend Curse of Strahd. It's going to be one of those things that you do it once in Dungeons. You play it once and you're going to love it. Um if you and your players do not like that type of goth horror mystery kind of dread, do not go for this. Do not choose this. Go with something that's more like sword and sorcery, myth and magic type. Um, something that's traditional, you know, D&D. This is definitely not traditional D&D. So, or in the, again, in the sense of story and whatnot. So I would highly recommend it for those people who really want to give a different perspective on their on their game if you want to if you don't want to start out in the in a tavern right if you don't want to start out in a tavern and you kind of want to have this epic quest that brings your party together with um questionable consequences and questionable um questionable you know outcomes curse of strahd might be the best for you but everything considered i honestly would give curse of strahd a five out of five it's one of the you know with railroading considered and everything it is one of the best adventures and best books out there in my personal opinion so folks i hope you enjoyed this mini series if you enjoyed this mini series make sure to leave a five star review and comment um, on what was your favorite part of the mini series and what other type of mini series would you like me to go in depth on be sure to leave a comment down below and be sure to subscribe to the Bearded Nerd podcast. I appreciate your love and I appreciate your support. But as always, folks, keep gaming. Mm-hmm.